We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kind of dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls, and talk some D&D with the cave trolls. But sometimes she surprises me, and it makes my day when she is on Zoom before I am. And I'm like, I'm very proud of you for knowing how to tell time. Time's hard. Time's hard. Words are hard. Time is very hard. Speaking of words being hard, hello and welcome (laughs) to the Cave Trolls Podcast. My name is Terry Smith. With me today, I have Sharday. Hello. And I have Lissa. Hi. Both halves of the Slovenly Trolls Podcast. I am host of this show and other shows on the internet that I can't remember in this fog of Dayquil and other medications I put in my cocktail of tea and honey and milk this morning. Through that fog, I will attempt to initiate those who are uninitiated and tell the other people what they already know. This podcast, the Cave Trolls Podcast, talks about all the news in the D&D and TTRPG sphere and the stuff you need to know about what's going on that you probably already read on Twitter. Um, But we're going to say it again and you're going to go, oh yeah, okay, now I understand. Or, no, they don't get it. Um, And today... In that, we are going to talk about some new games and supplements in our Games and Supplements Corner. I was meditating on this this morning. We need a better name. Games and Supplements Corner (laughs) sounds like we roll dice and I put protein powder and stuff. And I just don't like that. I want want something better. So you two can help me think of that and the listeners at home can go, yeah, you dummy. You should call it this. I appreciate those emails. You can hit me up at can'tbekilledcreations at gmail.com. And if you want to get the pre-show that we recorded where we talked about very important things like how we take our tea and how we don't get ready for D&D campaigns, um, you, you can find that over at patreon.com slash can'tbekilledcreations. But nevermore. We are talking about games and supplements. First up is the anatomy of adventure. Um, I added this. Uh, Lissa sent me this from a link on Twitter, and I liked it purely by the name, and then I read into it, and I really like this idea. I want more books like this. A best-selling RPG author shares the secrets of superb adventure design. Now, that's in their own words, so take that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> Story, a masterclass in adventure design. A fantastic, inspiring read. Solid gold. MT Black is one of the most successful indie creators on the D&D scene with more than 50 platinum bestsellers and over 100,000 book sales. In this practical and engaging book, he steps through his creative process while sharing the principles, tricks, and secrets he has learned along the way. A fantastic resource for beginners and professionals alike. There is no other book quite like it. Now, I like this with the idea they've made a bunch of cool stuff already before in the D&D scene. They're selling fan-made content that they've made. They're an experienced GM. I like this because, like, the big argument that me and Lissa had a couple of months ago about do you need to buy the Dungeon Master's Guide, which they're making a new one, so that's cool. Um, Books like this is a really good resource for GMs, new and old alike. You know, here's how I do it. I've made books. I've done the numbers. I've done the stories here's how I do it. I, I've been doing it for over a decade and I still go and check out different resources like that. So I'm excited for this book. What do you two think? Shar? Like it. I'm always about like books on craft, whether I, I read a lot during school of books on craft and depending on who the author is, like some, I just won't read because I don't like the author. So I don't know this person's work. So I'd have to look into their work. Same. To see same. If I 
if I want them to teach me stuff and if I'm a fan <laughs> of what they write, <laughs> then I will 100% look into this because I'm always fascinated to learn about people's processes and how they view storytelling and how tabletop games are just such a unique form of storytelling that hearing somebody who's designed so much of them and like their takes on that branch would be so interesting to me. But before I go gung-ho and like back the project and stuff, I have to look into um, their adventures and be like, are these the, is, is this person, are these adventures, do I want to learn from the person who created them or not? And this is no shade to the person. I just genuinely no. haven't looked into their stuff yet. I do this with every book on craft. Like, a if I anecdotal like evidence do. and and like awarded merits is not the same thing as having merit, as we saw with the Coldwell uh, yeah. Press thing that came out this week. Um, mm. <laughs> like, it's not the same exactly. thing. Like, uh, I always talk about Stephen King's On Writing. It's one of my favorite books from him. It's I read great. that bef yeah. before I read most other Stephen King works. I had read a lot of short stories, but I didn't like his novels. And so, like, it was more just, like, he's successful. I like his style. I haven't liked many of his stories. I still want to see how he does it. And I fell in love with that book. And now I, I really like a lot of Stephen King's novels and other work. Um, but it's a good example. You talk about not liking Stephen King's. They're like, you're not running out to read on writing, right? So I, um, I read on writing. Okay. Simply because I thought it was worth it because of how successful he was. And I just like, okay, well, I, I like your short stories a lot. I like Stephen King's short stories a lot. But his novels I haven't quite been able to get through. But I They're read long. his book and I really liked the way it was structured because it's like half memoir, half book on craft. Yeah. But there is some stuff in there that I really don't agree with that I will talk about another time. because Yeah, we've we talked about it before on some of our other shows, like right in the feels, the other shows. I think we host. have, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, shameless plug. But yeah, that we, yeah, we've definitely talked about it. But I, I, I like books on craft as well. I like the idea behind this um, just from like a GM standpoint. Lissa, as the new GM in the group and newer player, what do you think of The Anatomy of Adventure? Sounds intriguing and i do i'm looking at some of the chapters that they have here like the lich that got away and uh, <laughs> uh there's a robot in my dungeon um but I don't, I don't know like i i feel like i need to get into dming my first campaign and then i would consult this mm -hmm. i feel like i'm not there yet that's fair to be able to fully appreciate and like i mean i would learn from it but i feel like i would it would be too much information at one point so not at this time but do i excess excessively spend books on things or spend th spend money on books uh that i may or may not read ever yes so would this be something i would totally buy yes mm -hmm. but not at this time yeah, every, everyone's got, like, the gigantic TBR shelf, whether it's digital or physical. You're just like, no, no, I'll get to it one day. It's like people talk about, like, their Steam backlog, right? It's like, oh, oh no. I'm, I'm definitely going to play that. I bought it for 99 cents in 2004, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to play it soon, I, I promise. I was looking... It's an attack. Yeah. I, I forgot. Do you remember the really, really big bundle? It had, like, 7,000 games or something crazy right when um the pandemic was starting when like when we got the stay-at-home orders here in the u.s i don't because i picked up steam actually i think a, like into the pandemic so not early pandemic mm -hmm. but like i had a steam account and stuff but like i didn't like play 
games a whole heck of a lot on it because i have an xbox that's where i played most of my games yeah it wasn't a steam bundle it was it was through Mm. like itch.io like it was one of those Mm. uh for charity bundles but i mean it had some stuff that you know codes for steam but it was mostly just like a pc bundle with all these different indie games i forgot Mm -hmm. that i bought that and (laughs) i went to go buy a game i was i was messaging one of my buddies and he was like dude you already have that it came in that bundle, and I was like, I forgot that existed. I have, like, some 7,000 <laughs> games that, like, I bought for $30, oh like, now three years ago, and just completely forgot about them. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I'm, we're going to talk about a bundle later on in the show. <laughs> there's yeah. there's so many things like that. So, yeah, uh, I think maybe waiting, Lissa, is a good idea. Especially when, like, <laughs> we're talking about maybe, like, if we're hitting one of our stretch goals, we want to do a book club, and we already have other books that we're going to buy. I'm like, oh, no. No, I don't know if mm-hmm. I can do this, but I want to. I love backing projects like this. Um, anyways, we'll move along before I sit here and talk about how much I love backing stuff on Kickstarter and why I don't do it anymore. Um, through mm-hmm. specifically Kickstarter, I, I do do it. That's that's hyperbole. But the platform has made some decisions on cryptocurrency that I'm not a fan of. So I've moved to things um, like other crowdfunding sites anyways uh sorry for my rambling again it's drug induced coyote and crow expansion stores uh of the no stores i I typed that wrong shores of the freelands um hits this is the exact uh thing i was referring to not kickstarter backer kit is where it's coming Mm. to now we've covered um coyote and crow on this show before um i'm gonna read their official statement because they say it much better than i ever can uh, let me bring that up. Do you two remember Coyote and Crow? Yeah, I do. Shars, I remember the funky art. She doesn't. Yeah, the art was fucking awesome on it. Um, that, I feel like half the stories we put on here is just like, it looks cool. Like, I don't know much about it. I was it, just but... thinking about that. Like, oh, the art is so pretty. <laughs> you, uh, like, real quick aside, you you had sent me another article about Apocalypse Keys, Lissa. I don't know if you remember, but we already covered that a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, she just saw the art again. I was like, we need to talk about it again. I know it. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. So there, was, there was a cool video on it. That's yes, what I, they did. They did yeah. add a cool video. It didn't give us any new information, and we can't no, 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 no. tell the I, listeners I just about it. That's an amazing video. It was cool. It was cool. I, I might just still link it in the show notes, though, um, just so people yeah. can go and watch it. Because other people do like Powered by the Apocalypse, so um <laughs> coyote and crow <laughs> stories not shores i apologize i did have that i put stores and i made a guess at what my uh um uh typo was it's stories of freelance is the expansion stories of the freelance is the first expansion for coyote and crow the role-playing game stories from 10 indigenous authors and 10 artists fully compatible with the rpg you'll also be able to get our new dice game nasi and our story guide screen um you can back it over on backer kit um and if you don't know it is an indigenous inspired rpg it's got some really cool dice mechanics some of the coolest art that you can pick up um i highly recommend it it's a d12 system so just go in knowing that it's not the same as D. uh what does it cost though i want to mention the price i'm not seeing it do you i I, i'm a little bit new to backer kit have you two i'm i've never used it so i i'm so used to kickstarter which i have the same feelings on it as you do but it's all um on the right hand side like all the different tiers 
this site, yeah, I can't. Okay, so you have to click back it. That's what you do. You click back it, and then oh, it shows what you can back at the different levels. $5 just to support. $20 gets you the, the Stories of the Freelands Volume 1. Um, back it uh, at another $20 level, Stories of the Freelands Volume 2. Um, you can back it for $40 and get both of those, obviously. $60 gets you that and their new dice game, Nasi. Um, and maybe Nasi is the D12 uh, portion of the system. I think I might be conflating those two. I think there's other dice also involved in the Coyote and Crow base game. Um, I'm oh, interested to see nice. if they're compatible, if you can use Nasi. Probably you can play it in-game because I think it's... That'd be uh, cool. Yeah. I, I like I a lot of, that. like, that's one of my favorite things. There's a word for it um, where it's diegetic, diegetic games um, diegetic in your, games. yeah. So, like, if you're going to play poker in d d it's like you sit down and actually play poker, um, chess, etc. Oh. I do liar's dice a, li- a lot in a lot of my settings uh, because it's an easy game that people can kind of make sense of because they saw it in Pirates of the Caribbean one time. Uh, <laughs> the rules are not complicated. Yeah. Um, recently in my Digimon game, diegetic stuff, I have Digimon the card game inside of my Digimon RPG. Makes sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, not, not a lot of points for ingenuity, right? Like, it's it's pretty obvious uh, synergy there, but it's still cool. But check that out. Back it on Back It if you want to, um, which is interesting because I think they originally lost uh, launched Coyote and Crow exclusively on Kickstarter, and they're moving away from mm-hmm. it, probably for the same reasons. That's just uh, conjecture on my part, but I'm guessing. I've talked to a lot of creators who were like, ah, no, I'm not moving. I'm not doing that there. Um, I was pitching a book to a company. I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to jeopardize anything, but on they did most of their comic books on Kickstarter, and when all that stuff came out, when I was you know inquiring about pitching this next book, they're like, well, just so you know, depending on what we move forward, won't be on Kickstarter, and they launched like their own platform. They just made their own oh, crowdfunding shit. thing. It looks a lot like I was like, yeah, like that was so cool. Like they were like, listen, it took us a while, but we were just like, how do we do it? Like, I I really respected that. I can't like drop Kickstarter completely because lots of people still use Kickstarter and I want to support people Mm -hmm. still. But I don't like the whole cryptocurrency thing. Get away from that. Um, I was recently gifted some NFTs through um, a couple of my investments that I have. So it was like a stock dividend. They gave me an NFT. And I was like, I don't want this. And they're like, well, it's worth this. I'm like, please don't give it to me. I, I do not I don't want it. Give I it to somebody <laughs> else. Yeah, if you want it. I don't I don't want to have to create a crypto wallet and sell it because like, I'm against it. So it's already unethical that I own it. So just yeah. take it away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, moving along, the Abomination Vaults comes to 5E. I like this story because, number one, this is from Paizo. Um, They make Pathfinder, if you don't know, one of the bigger competitors to 5th edition D&D. And uh, apparently this is not the first time that they've brought one of their books specifically with a conversion to 5th edition. Did you know that? I didn't know I didn't know they did that, but that makes a lot of sense because from what I know of um, of Pathfinder, like uh, it, it was created in large part by a bunch of old D&D designers. Okay, let's so maybe not drop the old, known. okay? They were playing 3.5 the same time I was playing 3.5. No, I don't so. mean like age old, but like they left D&D <laughs> to make Pathfinder. Is yeah, what yeah. Pathfinder <laughs> was basically, let's keep playing 3.5. We don't like the idea yeah, that they're going forward we don't with 4th like edition. Yeah, we don't like 4E. And when yeah. they made Pathfinder 
second edition, it was a, with a lot of similar ideas to fifth edition. It's like they kind yeah. of took the ball and ran with it again. There's still many, many differences, but they are similar beasts. So having a conversion book is really interesting. So you can either buy the normal, you know, Pathfinder 2E version of this book, or you can buy the fifth edition um, conversion, which is pretty neat. Um, but this isn't mm -hmm. the first time they've done it. They did it once before. Um, I, I have the name of the book here. It was something about the king. Kingmaker? Something like that? Yeah, I think I've that's the... the games, like one of the on Steam. I remember. Yeah, the Kingmaker Adventure Path. Yeah, so, um, so they've done this before. The interesting thing about the Abomination Vaults, like just to, like talking about the product itself, um, it's not just that it's coming fifth edition, but this is one of the first times they've done an adventure pathway. They've uh, the Kingmaker thing was a lot of. Uh, bestiary stuff like a lot of just tools for for gms and this one is mm -hmm. an actual adventure with the different paths um pathfinder is really um uh, the people that like it really really like it they're uh lauded for their adventure campaigns which are very regimented it's like you get to this hallway you go left you go right like do your thing like they have these very very specific adventure paths for their like in community campaigns for like their adventure guild and if you're following along with the books um i would i don't like them because i feel like it to run them properly they're a little less open than like dnds um adventure books like we always talk about icewind dale being a really good book um but it's cool to see that if you like that style but you prefer fifth edition or you can't get your friends to play something that's not dnd because they you know, didn't show D and D on Critical Role, and I know it sounds like I'm being reductive. That's an exact conversation that one of my buddies, who's a GM, had this week. <laughs> they were like, "No, no, no! I want to play the thing that Matt Mercer does. I want to be in Talda Ray, and if it's not that, I'm not playing it." Uh, so it's kind of cool to see that you can get some more choices because people fear other TTRPGs. D and D is what they know, and even though Pathfinder is pretty similar, you roll the same dice and everything. Um, if it doesn't say Dungeons and Dragons, it can be a little scary. So I understand that. So this will be a cool tool. What do you two think about Abomination Vaults? I think I, I'm aligned with you. I think it's a really cool idea, and it could also introduce people to the adventures of Pathfinder and like the structure of Pathfinder adventures. And if people really jive with that, maybe they're more likely to try out a new system, which is good for Pathfinder, which is probably maybe part of like the <laughs> yeah, right. behind right. doing this is luring more fifth edition people. Like I already have people reaching out to me and be like, have you played Pathfinder yet? And I'm like, no. And like, when are you going to do it? And I'm like, I don't know. So maybe this is for people like me <laughs> who keep dragging their feet and want to try Pathfinder eventually, but just, you know, don't have a jump in point basically a lot of my issues with pathfinder come from their setting they fixed a lot of cool stuff it's just not as nostalgic for me so it has the same issues i have with DD, &D, um mm -hmm. with a little bit more of a specific system like it's a little bit more regimented it's much closer to 3.5 with like viability you know like mm -hmm. it's really written to be rules as written like when you play it so and you know that's just not really how i run things so pathfinder's never really been my cup of tea but with as much as dnd has been upsetting me lately i have been flirting with the idea of like hey maybe we try pathfinder 2e again i've played it a few times it's it's got some cool mechanics and mm -hmm. it just requires a little extra work if you don't want to play rules as written whereas with D D's mm. kind of more open to that more loosey-goosey yeah, yeah exactly um but it's still cool it's nostalgic for me whenever i pick up uh pathfinder for pathfinder sure. 2e stuff because i like 3.5 um but mm. 
anyways, it's it's just interesting that they t- they're making a book for their competitors' system. I think yeah. that speaks to the ubiquity of D and D. It is just everywhere. I mean, <laughs> I for one am excited for this because I am somebody who wants to play Pathfinder. I'm just looking for other people to play with. Really. <laughs> well, you pick up Kingmaker and you lure us into it. Well, you run it in five E and. I have tried to, you know, instill the idea to Navar, um, friend of the our lovely troll show, and probably this one because he loves us. Um, and and we tried him. to be like, "Hey, Hates do me, you want to teach? Do you want to <laughs> teach me Pathfinder?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Yeah, when? <laughs> when? <laughs> Call his bluff. He's been messaging me too. What are you trying Pathfinder? So like, listen, when Navar, are you gonna run Pathfinder for us?" Exactly. That's a real question. <laughs> Moving so I am on. excited for this. Oh, okay, sorry. I, I apologize. Uh, you cut out there. <laughs> I thought it went blank, so I was like, well, I guess I'll just keep going. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, make any tabletop RPG a solo game with this adventure system. This comes from Alex Meehan over at Dicebreaker. Um, this is about another solo RPG, but not any solo rpg the radiance adventure engine specifically converts any ttrpg into a solo rpg um so if you're going oh i don't like that one i don't want to play colossal or any of the many solo rpgs we've recommended on this show you can pick up the radiance adventure engine and convert your favorite ttrpg into a solo game it works with a deck of cards kind of uh pushing you through a narrative with different prompts and helping you convert it's got tools to go okay this is how you would use this character interaction like this skill set kind of thing um it's really robust it's kind of expensive that's uh what i learned as i may or may not have backed it on kickstarter (laughs) um because it starts at 50 dollars, which isn't that bad but it's only physical that's that's the reason why there's no pdf because it has to deal with the deck of cards and everything it was funded very quickly funded in 72 hours um let me read directly from the kickstarter play any tabletop rpg as a solo game you are both the player and the game master what is the radiance adventure engine the radiance adventure engine is a supplement that allows you to play any tabletop role-playing game as a single player game it can be used with any system genre or setting radiance cards work like story prompts allowing you to weave an infinite variety of story rich adventures anytime anywhere play one or more heroes through a single player adventure each radiant adventure starts with a core adventure problem a randomly generated narrative arc for the entire adventure and using a four act narrative structure similar to books and movies we break the adventure down into eight adventure stages i'm not going to keep going into it because it just starts to explain what a four act structure is and what you do with the drama cards you get the idea it's a prompt deck that can ferry you through a game without having to have other players it's pretty cool i like it the one thing i'm not sure how it does because i haven't been able to pick up the actual book yet i did talk to a friend who play tested it but they didn't answer my question yet i'm waiting for the email prompt (laughs) um it is uh how how much does it take to get ready for it in my experience Mm. when i've played with other solo rpg stuff like it has like here's your building phase you're gonna need 15 characters you're gonna need um people that you're okay with being romantic interests you're gonna need people that are okay with you know fighting and you kind of make this set of okay now character a pops up so you 
you know, you grab character A's character sheet and that's where the battle ensues. So they usually require a little bit of setup and this seems like it might be similar. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how in depth it's going to be and how exactly that works. Um, but it's still exciting. I like the idea of going, Hey, you like these games? Like you can use it in any way because a lot of the, uh, trying to do those solo RPGs, you're just going, I wish I could just play D and D by myself instead of having to play in Colossal mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so Shara, I'd hand this to you and go try this out. You can just play D and D by yourself right now. That's your dream anyways. <laughs> so just go do it. It's my dream. Leave me alone and I'll play D and D. But if I want to get that feeling, I just boot up divinity original sin too. That, I mean, that, like we were talking about pathfinder pathfinder has a similar, um, <laughs> uh, what's action the system. action economy. So yeah, so you know maybe maybe pathfinder is the way for you it's much crunchier so you might get annoyed but if you play a monk yeah. it's, it's pretty broken from what i understand if you play rules as written so you can just I jump around. yeah i hear there's a lot of but also D, D has a lot of broken classes when you get super high level because i've run a high level campaign before with well not like 20th level but like 15th level uh -huh. and all of the characters were broken every single That's one of the them fun. in different ways it yeah. is fun but like some of them I mean, if they're all broken and they all have fun with being broken and everybody's just like kind of making fun of, oh, we're basically gods kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's totally that, fine. Yeah. But you just got to acknowledge that it's broken. But that's if you have fun with it. Like, You know what no one critiques broken. Lord of the Rings about? No one's like, man, Gandalf is OP. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. couldn't get into it. <laughs> He was just so much. He Like, he's level 40 and Frodo's level two. What is this campaign even, you know? Yeah. No one says that shit because it's dumb. Stop complaining. It's, go have <laughs> fun have with your fun. friends. Uh, Just have fun. Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox. Moving on. Make any tabletop <laughs> RPG solo game. We just did that one, Terry. You dummy. Move to the next line. <laughs> Play out your dead D&D &D characters afterlife in Existential RPG Inc. I put this on here just for you, Char. I um, knew you did. I'm already playing at her afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker. Uh, an upcoming tabletop RPG will give your deceased characters from other games a new lease of afterlife. Ink allows players to explore a vision of the afterlife with their characters, including the chance to resurrect existing characters from previous campaigns. Finally, a uh, chance to bring back your beloved D&D characters wiped during a TPK. I love the idea for this. Just the idea of all playing dead characters was fun, but as I was reading the article, I was like, oh, no. Specifically, you go grab your dead character from a different setting, basically, and that's your character in ink. <laughs> uh, I love that idea. I would love to play a game. It's like one to six players. So we all meet up and bring a character that's died in somebody else's campaign. And we'll make it work. Mm -hmm. I, I really love that idea because you all meet the spirit world. It can be a shared afterlife. Um, I don't know too much more about it because it's not out yet. But you can get, go to the crowdfunding over on Backer Kit and, uh, and back that there. Uh, let me see what the cost is. It looks like it hasn't launched yet. So it launches in October. So check that out in October, I think the 14th. Um, and... If you have a playtest of this or you know anything about it, please hit me up. Can't be killed. Can't be killed creations at gmail.com. I'm super duper interested in this and I really want to play it. Um, so if you know anybody, hit me up, please. Uh, do you two want to play some ink? Yes. Well said. Well spoken. I am intrigued by the idea. As so we should just not bring your character back to life, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Yeah, just just leave her to die, you know? Leave her in the afterlife. Yeah. Exactly. She's so, not in the afterlife. She's in the Feywild. She's we'll let her go to the afterlife finally. We'll just let go. Let her go. Just let it go. Yeah. Let it go. We are in the Icewind Dale, so it fits. So we can let it go. That's true. Aurel is basically Elsa. So, I mean, <laughs> don't, don't say that. Do not. Aurel is not. basically Elsa. That's true. No. Facts are facts. Facts no, are facts. These are not, facts. These are not facts. facts. not feelings, Lissa. <laughs> we did on. a whole episode on Oral, you know, as well as I do that she's Elsa. Yeah, I hate Frozen, so no, nobody is Elsa, because otherwise I would hate her. <laughs> I like Frozen. I don't think it's, like, amazing, but out of all the Disney princess movies, I'd much rather have my kid watch that than, you know, any one of the rape fantasies Sleeping that are Beauty the other and, ones, yeah. or the really problematic... So stuff with like ariel it's like you know triton's just trying to keep her safe you know what i mean like she doesn't you don't need to be dating a 40 year old human okay that's you don't need that. <laughs> is eric 40 <laughs> he's like he's like in his 20s and she's 16 canonically that's, so that is very true <laughs> that is so true they also, never say a baby to me also the story doesn't exactly go like that in the original no, version of hans christian anderson so 100%. It's wrong. Oh, she's even younger her. she's even younger yeah God and she turns it. into sea foam spoilers and, it, and that hurts her feet when she walks on it yeah it's like what is it like swords or they, yeah it's like a thousand swords stabbing her anyways also fuck all the people <laughs> that are mad that ariel's black fuck you oh yeah fuck those people sorry i just figured Go i'd home. throw that in there real quick some grass god oh, man <laughs> This is why I don't do stuff on Twitter. I log on Twitter and they're just like, it's this not right. I'm like, you don't even know how to read. What do you mean it's not right? This is why you go on Twitter so you can see all of the discussions. Dude, I got like enough this. of that drama. I was fighting with my kid's principal again this week. I don't need to. Oh, no. They changed the drop off again. This is for people oh my who listened God. to the, the, the pre show a couple weeks ago. But I'll complain about that later. Moving on Call of Cthulhu <laughs> comes to Bridgerton in a new Regency RPG source book um i believe it's just called cthulhu regency um sorry regency cthulhu i can talk um if you don't know anything about the regency era it's basically uh, how would you describe it? you could just say bridgerton but it's like victorian era Jane with Austen. more fucking and brighter colors it's literally not the Victorian era. <laughs> but no, but when people, <laughs> no, no, I know it's literally a different era. But people conflate yeah. those two. That's why I said it's like the Victorian era. But and then I insert something else because people don't know that there's a difference. Like there uh, is in fact a difference. <laughs> I I I, might, I don't want to shout out a, a specific company, but I read an article. It was like uh, Bridgerton making the Victorian era cool again, and I was like incorrect. Ooh. But I get what you're trying to say. Like it's okay. Uh, it's not important to know the name of the era, I think. So I try not to be too. Uh, would it would it be pedantic or would that be semantic? Pedantic. Because it's written. I think yeah. pedantic. But uh, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. I, I get what they're saying when people say that stuff. But specifically, I love this idea. Back to the topic, Regency Cthulhu, um, because that's a really cool era that hasn't been super duper explored when it comes to um different types of RPGs. There are several RPGs that do take place. We've covered some of them on this show, but tossing in the darkness of the Cthulhu into this Jane Austen book, like that's I, I really like that idea for the setting. Um, however, I'm pretty sure this is a powered by apocalypse book um, uh -oh. Uh -oh. um oh no i, I uh -oh. am incorrect no this is chaosium okay cool 
Um, okay. Yeah, so it's probably in the Cthulhu system, which makes me super duper happy. I love that system. Um, I am going to not get more facts because they're not released yet. Uh, damn it, Alex oh, Meehan no. <laughs> over at Dicebreaker for doing very good work but not having all the information because it's not available yet. How dare you? Um, How dare you get us excited? I need a soothsayer you. in my news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Read and see Cthulhu Dark Designs is in Jane Austen's England is an upcoming source book for the tabletop RPG called Cthulhu that transports players to the 17th century in the fictional town of Terryford. Once a picturesque piece of English countryside, Terryford is now home to sinister forces from beyond that players will have to face as members of Regency society. Okay, buying this book. I can't <laughs> buy it yet, but I love Call of Cthulhu. That's one of my favorite um, TTRPGs. I love the system specifically. Um, so this is going to be awesome. I'm very excited for this. Uh, and you know all you need to know. So moving on. <laughs> um and also alex i apologize if you listen to this you do great work and you're the whole reason why i'm able to run this show so smoothly that and my two co-hosts or whatever um i can just feel the love coming through <laughs> uh, i like being unhinged on medication because like it, it's i i'm not afraid of the consequences of my stupidity i'm gonna say the stupid stuff anyways you know you've listened to this show but i am also anxious <laughs> while saying it, it that the only difference mm. between me medicated and unmedicated is the anxiety of my stupidity it's not i'm still afraid of the consequences i'm okay with that and but i know what i'm saying is stupid and won't say as much of it um Moving on to The Weird. This comes from Monty Cook Games. If you don't know Monty Cook, man, do some Googling. That uh, dude, that person is everywhere when it comes to D&D. Has made a million different supplements, games on their own. And this new one I'm extremely excited about. Lissa, you sent me this um, from Twitter. The Weird is a new supplement used specifically for D20 systems, but it can probably be used for other things. Essentially, it's just very specific tables and card sets uh that just make your setting a little bit more unique or as they say it make it weird um so like you can walk into an orc's den and there's orcs there or you can walk into an orc's den and now one orc has a magical unicorn there and you find out that they're married and they're having marital trouble so instead of fighting the orc you can maybe work them through um (laughs) what's going on with them and uh and this is a a direct example that they've listed they have some really cool stuff like that that's just one dumb thing uh but they have so many cool ideas and essentially it's just like hey do you want your setting to be a little bit more specific and a little bit more weird um that's the general idea Lissa. you sent me this did you look up anything more about the book i mean based on the article that i got from comicbook.com um it says it has individual chapters dedicated to npcs creatures places magic items gear spells abilities names appearances backgrounds plots structures vehicles and even player characters uh giving yeah ideas um and they're they're extensive they have two decks worth of that stuff so you can randomly generate they have tables upon tables uh, in that book and there's a free preview so you can that's how i know this stuff um you can you can go get the free preview now uh i'll list it from the backer kit but you can link to the free uh 
free download. And there's two different books. There's the books with all of those different tables that are all specific. And then there's an adventure that you can run specifically in this weird, new weird setting. So uh, what's it called? Well, the Glimmering Valley. You were yeah. also forgetting the best part. Um, there are dice that come with this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you were going to say the and dice. They're, no, no, no. And, like, first off, they look amazing. Second off, they're silicon. Yeah. They bounce. It's like, is that so, like, it's weird, right? So you can just, like, whip it across the That's room. That's so cool. <laughs> I want the dice. How do I, you know, when you say that, it's like, that is really cool. But it doesn't seem like it should be that novel, right? Like, how do I not own no, a bunch of rubber it. dice? I own one, like, how soft dice for kids. I don't own one set, yeah. so, like, my babies could roll the dice. But mm -hmm. I don't own any just, like, rubber dice that I could bounce down the hallway. Yeah, why aren't there more like that out there? I have so many just regular resin. I have metal. I have gemstone. I have you know plastic. Reminds, you know what it reminds me of? You know how in the 90s you had those like super balls that, yeah. that like I used to I so I legit used to collect them. Of course. And I just want a I, I I just want a dice that I can yeet at the floor and then it'll <laughs> go rolling. I want to do that too. I want to be able to throw dice that aren't going to break my screen cuz we all play with metal dice at my table and I feel like if we threw anything it would just <laughs> shatter everything I own. Uh, so yeah, okay, so that's enough to pick it up right there. For 18 bucks, you can get one of the digital books, the weird PDF or the Glimmering Valley, or their weird minis that are, like, you can use in, like, uh, Tabletop Simulator or any of your digital assets. Um, or you can get all three of those for 40 bucks. You get all of those, and I think you get the PDF with the decks in it. Um, so you can like awesome. print those in tabletop simulator or print them on cards kind of thing. And then for 45, you can get, um, um, the glimmering Valley in print for 55. You can get the weird in print for $90. You can get both and all the digital stuff. And for 145, you get all the books, all the decks in print and PDF. Um, for $220, you get all of that and the Numenera starter set. So that's cool <laughs> if you don't know numenera is another uh uh ttrpg and setting so that's neat very excited for that if anything awesome. just for rubber dice and weird orcs yeah weird orcs <laughs> yeah. moving on to our final story about games and supplements again set me you know send me a better name for that but the ttg <laughs> ttrpg bundle for abortion access and reproductive rights from the Bridget Alliance, um, Fleet D sent me the the article. Fleet Derek and uh, Lisa, did you send me this on Twitter? Somebody else sent me this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure I give credit where credit is due. This is another itch.io bundle, but this one has some of the cooler games that weren't included in one of the million other bundles we've talked about this year. Um, one of my favorites, uh, Never Rise Again. That's about taking down the Confederacy, which is appropriate. The War Book from Masks, A New Generation, uh, which is a teen superhero game that's really, really fun to play. I'm a big fan of that one. And then there's one more, Bees in Mechs. Uh, take the fight to the humans. It's exactly what it sounds like. It comes from Fleet Detrick, um, who is hosting the bundle over on itch.io. It is awesome. You don't need to know anything else about it. Bees are in Mex. Go buy this book. Go buy this bundle <laughs> instead, because you can buy all of it for ten bucks. Um, and you get how many games are included in this? Thirty-four. Thirty-four games for ten bucks. You can't beat it. Um, there's uh, there's bundles within this bundle too. Like you get the entire detective game bundle, which comes with a bunch of different games 
items inside of it. Um, so like th this, it there's layers. Okay, it's like an onion. You just keep peeling. There's more games in here. Down with the patriarchy. Fuck people that want to take away rights from other people. But also, I love games. So if you want to combine those two passions like I did, you can back this for ten dollars. <laughs> Anything yeah. to add, you two? Um, I think it should be said that there was another um, abortion there access sure and reproductive rights bundle a couple of months ago run by um, the folks at Roll for Romance, and that's when the decision was leaked by the Supreme Court, not after mm -hmm. um, Roe was overturned. So this is a different bundle, and I believe has different games. So 100% different games. Like, I'm not I think I already. Yeah. Um, so if you are like, I already backed this um, this other bundle. This is a completely different bundle. It goes to a different reproductive rights charity. So you can still throw your money at it, and your money is still going to another good place for, to fight this. One hundred percent. Very well said. Another really good one in here is Call Em Out, an LGBTQ power fantasy of spite. Uh, but also exactly what it sounds like very very awesome and then one book i think i already own a couple of these but another one that i'm just looking through my folder of stuff i already own four d20 swords um which are not plus one which is a fun book um and if you gms it's a common thing like that's just another plus one sword so um it's a good, good supplement to your gm toolbox um but that's it for the games and supplements corner Moving on to the news news. So the things that are happening. Usually if you if we're moving on to the news news stories, it's either something really cool or really shitty. And I don't know how to feel about these next few because they're both. <laughs> uh, Wizards suing the new TSR. Who wants to speak about this while I open up the article? This one comes from Gizmodo. Oh, shit. Lissa, take it away, fam. <laughs> Good story. Thank where, you, Lisa. Where do I, where do I begin? <laughs> it's hard, it's hard to, yeah, get start. Because <laughs> there's a lot. I can start with the article if you want, and then you, and we can add. I think, I think, yeah. So, I don't know which one they're suing for specifically. TSR 3. I think this is the third TSR edition 3. of TSR. Yeah, no, no, but like which, which product they're suing for. I can um, tell you, uh, Wizards of the Coast yeah. wants to shut down TSR for bigotry. How dare they? That's their thing, you know? That's like, their <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, the jokes and the memes that have been coming through are so good. Like, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, they're stealing their shtick. How dare they? Which is a little bit reductive. The new TSR has, I wouldn't say way more problematic views, but they haven't put out any products, so I can't compare. But they have some shitty ideas behind some of this stuff. Um, and if you don't know the story of TSR 2, uh, which episode of Slavenly Trolls can they reference? Three. Three? Okay. Um, and TSR1, everyone, I think uh, mostly knows that stuff. But... Uh, what? Oh, fuck. No, 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 no. Not episode three. No. It's, ah, oh, fuck. What is that? So, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. We'll link the episode. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. Listen, look it up. <laughs> while we do that, while you look it up, I will read the article from Linda Codega over at Gizmodo. It might be io9 as well. I'm not sure, but I think it might just be uh, Gizmodo. 
Um, citing concerns over racist and transphobic material, Dungeons and Dragons publisher Wizards of the Coast is trying to take back an old game to prevent its publication, according to a report on Polygon. It's a complicated situation, but the game stars uh, Star Frontier's New Genesis is a reboot of a classic mm. 1982 game with some very problematic content. A little backstory, Wizards of the Coast purchased TSR <laughs> Hobbies. In 1997, TSR had previously published a slew of role-playing games, including Dungeons and Dragons, Gangbusters, and Star Frontiers, the subject of the newest kerfuffle. Good word Yeah, yeah, there. yeah it was Star Frontiers. Star Frontiers. Oh, yeah. This is from Gizmodo, though, not... Gizmodo is just the article that I was reading. There's another article on Polygon. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it, oh, was, it, also... it was episode six. Episode Our six. Tells episode six. TSR trolls and transphobia. Yeah, yeah. There That's you go. Yeah. So it, and it. Yeah. It should ahead. also be stated that this TSR they're suing is not the original TSR. I think we should. When we clear say that TSR up. three, we mean TSR three. This is the third edition. This is the third attempt at calling a company TSR. Um, yeah. With some people involved from all three, technically, I guess, with like the pedigree of people behind it. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically Gygax's son or grandson? Son. son. Ernie. 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 His Gygax. oldest son. Um, uh, which is, it's still disappointing. It's not surprising. Um, sadly, this seems to be par for the course when you take this older systems and games that people have nostalgia for, but were made either in ignorance or in bigotry, you know, just blatantly. Um, but either way, have problematic and offensive material in them when you're going, hey, let's reprint this or let's make a new version of it and don't fix the things that were wrong before. You're going to end up with uh, stuff like this. Now, specifically, why is Wizards of the Coast suing? Well, that's because the rights are, to them at least, uh, up for grabs right like when it comes to there's some contention over who owns what because tsr was sold to them in 1997 um so it make it makes sense people are kind of like oh they're allowed to make systems and the license that's not really why they can sue for this now to me specifically there's a little bit of the cynical brain in me the reason why they're suing this one is to get some goodwill back hey let's stop this Mm -hmm. other thing from coming out and then there's some of that corporate like uh, idea of cynicality as well, which is, hey, we probably technically own that or could get ownership over that. Let's not let them be a competitor. Let's stomp them into the ground and take it. Um, I mean, go ahead. I mean, for the for the longest time, TSR three has been doing things and claiming to be the old school TSR mm-hmm. that Gary Gygax originally in set up yes. and they the they were doing things yeah they they were like the new and improved old company run by um ernie gygax and justin lanasa um who is a notable figure and we do discuss him in our podcast but I yeah, won't he's get o- he owns a chain here. of tattoo parlors correct yeah, yeah. he and, owns a lot um, of things. a weird a weird museum of some sort as he, well and a now, failed political campaign according to this yeah. article over on polygon written by charlie hall and he has an obsession for grits um won't <laughs> go into that uh but so, look but, yeah, into think, it though please look into it it's yeah, worth, look into it. worth if you're interested that rabbit in, hole yeah He's a character. So they've been doing this for a while, making big moves, being kind of showcasey. Making insane big moves. They didn't make any yet. They they didn't make. They they said 
big things and they, <laughs> things and they they wanted to they they had big ambitions let's say and then they sued wizards of the coast at some mm-hmm. point but i don't they think did. that very they that didn't go very well for them because you know they, they have no, have no they have no grounds and now after all of this now they're finally being sued for the problematic material that they are putting out which is still like based on the most recent tweets i've read from uh who who did i read it from oh my goodness um anyway i will will post a tweet there but i somebody got a copy of it and it's it's got a race of people who have four breasts and they get stats for lactating plus 75% stats for lactating and I can't I just I cannot I cannot and then they there was some racist stuff that came up on Twitter as well that they had put that they now recently took out of their newest version and it's just it's it's a whole big thing was that in the original Star Frontiers or is that new is that new four breasts or old four breasts (laughs) I think it's new I think I think it's I think it's in the newest copy that somebody on Twitter received because when this because the the pdf like the working pdf for star frontiers leaked a couple of months ago and there are a couple twitter threads going through it and at first it was yeah it was mostly just very racist they used a lot of racist terms that um, were specifically pointed at people of color which i will not be repeating if you're that curious you can look into it the threads are still up um but it was it's always been bad like it's always been bad so i I'm also a little bit cynical, but like obviously this is a good thing that they're suing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, good is good, right? That's how I've always felt about corporate decisions. Like, I'm not mad when Walmart donates money. Walmart is still an evil company. Like, well, I'm glad they're at least donating money. I'm not mad at them for doing it. But because Lissa and I covered TSR three like over a year ago now, and we knew at the very beginning when they were setting up TSR3 how shitty they were. Like, we tried to give them the benefit of the doubt, but at the end of the day, they were just making really bad decisions. And on the stuff Twitter that they were they saying, even, too. Like, the, the people that they were trying that they to court. said, the people that they were harassing online, like, it, it, the writing's been on the wall for a year. And the only thing, the only reason they have, they can call themselves TSR is because they bought a trademark of the logo and they registered TSR under an LLC. Yep. And that's the only reason they can call themselves TSR. So the fact that Wizards didn't step in earlier is a little bit iffy. However, there were whisperings of wizards of the coast giving them a cease and desist months ago Mm -hmm. but there wasn't a whole lot of evidence to back it up so i think this is the culmination of months and months of them telling them to cut it out and it just happens to come out now but it is pretty convenient timing well i think (laughs) part of it is they don't own the the name tsr anymore that was like that was already settled with the tsr2 debacle so it makes sense that they can keep that name but all the other stuff is is fair game and i think that's partly why they chose star frontiers it's because that was like the one thing they thought they could get away with because tsr had lots of properties um Mm -hmm. but i think that was the one they're like oh dnd's not going to come after us for thus they're not going to use star frontiers but dnd's like you're not going to use any of this shit we own it we don't want it but we own it so no we own it and it's also good publicity for us because you it's obviously you're doing really bad things with it and we can't have that 
and we don't want to be associated with that. So it's like, you already business, have a problem with it. Someone already set a fire inside and now they're like, yeah, but the fire, <laughs> there's also another fire down the street. And they're like, oh fuck. All right. Well, we can put that one out. We have enough yeah. buckets for that one. We can't figure out why, even though the, you have people of color going, listen, we have the buckets. We could do this from inside. And they're like, no, 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 we'll figure it out. We're really sorry, though, that we keep lighting fires inside the house. We don't know why this is bad. But let's uh, mm-hmm. let's go put out the one down the street, though, while we're while we're talking about it. <laughs> let's draw everybody's attention to that fire. <laughs> stop talking about our fire. So the uh, timing is very convenient. Right, it's right. Obviously, but I can also see that this has been brewing for a while, and it could be a coincidence, but it also maybe isn't a coincidence, like the time they filed it. Like maybe they'd been holding on filing for a, like suing them, and they're like, here's the perfect opportunity as a PR move, and they just did it now. I don't know. And to, so, like, I'm going to give two insights. I'm not going to use specific words because, again, I don't want to offend people with, with my words, but I'm going to give two specific in- insights. We, we talked about Lanasa and the Grits thing. They were asking female workers on the campaign to wrestle in Grits. That's just one example. There's more. That's just one example of the Grits issue. And uh, one thing that they mentioned, just to give you an idea of who they're attempting to court with this new company and the types of people that are, are clamoring for this content, is inside of the new book, they specifically mention that modern day Black Lives Matter movement is radical and specifically disallows uh, trans characters of any type in the book. So yep. if that tells you anything, I think it should tell you everything about what else is in this book and the type of people they're trying to get to buy this book and the type of audience that they're trying to um, court when it comes to this product mm-hmm. specifically. Um, I'm surprised this came out. They've announced like 15 different products that never saw the light of day, probably because of other lawsuits that we're not hearing about right now. Um, and that it's basically been vaporware. So I, as much as they were shitty and we don't need to ignore it, it kind of went to the back of my mind because I was like, well, they're never going to put out a product. They don't own anything. I thought they were going to create yeah. something new and offensive. Instead, they found one thing they thought they could get away with, which is still offensive, and they're going to put that out. And it's not going to happen. This book's going to come out asshole because this company is shitty. They're going to go, okay, fine. We can't put out Star Frontiers. This is um, Space Adventures, and it's going to be the exact same book that says Star Frontiers on the inside. They're just going to change the cover. Mm. Because that's what this yeah. company does. This is the type of pedigree of people involved with this. It's just a little bit disappointing. Um, by a little bit, I mean really fucked up that they were allowed to make it this far. Um, and that yeah. there are people that are super upset by this. That's the other portion. Is There are people that are really disappointed in Wizards of the Coast for not letting this book come to fruition. And fuck those people. <laughs> Man, yeah, again, this people. Twitter storm that you had sent me, I was like, oh my god, what am I reading? Who are these people that are upset? <laughs> this book okay, didn't so, come out so if you if you would like to read about the star frontiers new genesis there is a great um twitter thread by david floor uh his username is at brian clouds so he got sent an anonymous copy of the star frontiers new genesis and he's been following the tsr people he's one of many people who's following the tsr people um and what they've been up to so yeah, so you don't he, have to yeah <laughs> So you don't have to. So he goes through page per, well, not page per page, but he goes through a lot of the different pages and some of the things that are written in the, and kind of critiques some of the stuff that's written in it. And I mean, this is the, yeah, I just put it in our discord. Um, And this is the copy that had some of the more racist and problematic things uh, removed. 
So, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is the one this is the better one this is the one that's more appropriate uh-huh. are you kidding me yeah it, ha- it has lactation stats that's obviously better than it, racist it, it, yeah what was it before stats, but, you know, how many it's, tits it's, did they have before weird. jesus i don't know 12 oh god <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. Continue, please. Don't apologize. <laughs> now that yeah, just we will link you relevant Twitter threads um, as we see. <laughs> okay, adding that to the doc. Sometimes these Twitter things, I I just like want to put like a thing like don't click on this. It's not you don't. This company did something fucked unless up, but it's important. Cu- unless you're morbidly curious, do not click on this. It's fair. <laughs> that's fair well do we have anything else to say about how tsr3 fucking sucks if you want to hear more about how tsr3 sucks watch episode six of the slovenly trolls we talk about it for an hour and 45 minutes to two hours do it um yeah. i this specifically i'm interested to see like we were talking about reading that book i i forget the name of it that goes over the the untold history of D and D. Um, a lot of history books about this, even though now it's pretty widely known, the issues that we have with Gygax and the Gygax family mm-hmm. and the original D and D. I'm interested to see how much they cover some of the other exploits of the company. Uh, I, I'm interested to see if they cover uh, Star Frontiers. I hope they do. Uh, well, anyways, I wish I didn't know about Star Frontiers, but now I do. Moving <laughs> on to. I guess another kerfuffle. I, I'm gonna. That's the word of the day. Kerfuffle. Cobalt Kerf- Press apologizes for complete Cobalt guide uh, to game design and the language within. Um, we covered a little bit about it because they won a gold award over at the Ennies, and we covered it. And I've bought several Cobalt uh, um, Press uh, products. I didn't buy that one uh yet i was going to i don't think i will now um to get into the specifics i got a couple twitter threads did you two get a chance to read these Liz, i know you sent me this story so you probably know uh, someone it, about it 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 came across my feed so I, I was somewhat I react to it. <laughs> well i also get a bunch of i just put all the the ttrpg and D D drama on my feed because i follow a lot of um people in that space mm-hmm so I think it, I think it might have come up on one of the topics that I follow um, about. Yeah, it's like treat it. What what is the scandal? Is, I, I can I can read it all if you want. Is, yeah, go for it. It's probably written. A lot so we're gonna work backwards. We're gonna start with their two apologies, which are extremely short. So I can I can read both. But uh, on their their Twitter um, last week, we were rightfully called out for culturally incentive, uh, insensitive ideas presented in complete Cobalt Guide to Game Design. We have changed the PDF and changed the files where the PDFs are sold. We are sorry for the hurt we caused. And then the full apology. I was expecting this like. Like, whole big page. It's not. It's also two paragraphs. Last week, we were rightfully called out for culturally insensitive ideas presented in complete Cobalt Guide to Game Design, a title in our back catalog. Not really. It's pretty new. Since the collection of essays was published, we have grown and changed our design ethos to ensure that characters are from the areas they adventure in, as opposed to being tourists. We wholeheartedly agree real-world cultures are not playgrounds for characters to run wildly in. We have amended the offending essay and replaced it on our website and on drivethroughrpg.com. We are incredibly sorry for the hurt our essay has caused. 
Um, I did not mean to make it sound sarcastic through the whole thing. That really was not an attempt at me going, look at this message. I don't know if it was sincere or not. That was me attempting <laughs> to get through it without sneezing. Um, also just your voice. It is kind of my voice. <laughs> um, sarcasm. So to get in, the, that was the apology. And now I'm going to get into some specific examples from the essay they were talking about. This comes from at POC Gamer. Uh, me he sorry go he, ahead uh, or they commented on it the original poster was at panarid underscore misha yes who posted the uh, screenshot of a particular text within the essay yes um but i i, I wanted to read their quote um from poc gamer because I, I i appreciated yeah. what they had to say about it is please for the love of fuck stop making non-european coded places in your games flat backgrounds for adventure tourism it's a problem that leads to racist stereotypes narratives and tropes getting used um and then the image did come from uh panoran misha uh hippolyta over on twitter um this is a specific example arabia is the dnd world's version of spring break so right there the adventure God. tourism that they're referring spring to break. and I, I my issue will become apparent soon but you go there for a change of scenery for this game you don't want or need to understand the difference between shiite or sunni or the difference between persian folklore and arabian folklore yeah who wants to know that uh, fucking oh my god me. you just need to know whether the fire mages are on your side or not and maybe a few simple rules of behavior the bond of salt the times of prayer are the correct way to speed a camel through the desert fuck the entire thing but that is a perfect example of what was wrong with what they have in there um not only is it culturally insensitive it's just asinine like that entire idea they're like oh you don't have to know people you can just steal their clothes and act like it's fun to be there um so that's the tourism that they're they're talking yeah. about um yeah. lissa take it away i apologize i just wanted to get through <laughs> that message without sneezing no yeah there's some a whole bunch of like <gasps> weird orientalism going on in that whole clip and i i just it's yeah it's 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 kind of like doing the same thing of not giving you know how sometimes you you put npcs that are just plot devices this is literally just putting a whole culture into as a plot device and it's not tokenizing it's it's 100 yeah, it's, it's othering it it's I just I, I don't even have the words for it. I, I'm so annoyed, so frustrated, and so mad that somebody would. And it, it's it, it's the point of view that they're coming across. It's like so mm -hmm. blatantly not caring about the actual culture they're trying to portray and i'm using air quotes as i say this because they're not portraying much of anything they are just literally i don't know what they are they are skimming over an entire culture and not giving it you know like an actual grounding and it's like dismissing them as a whole culture saying oh you don't you don't really really need to learn about this cool thing 
but all you need to know is there are camels that you can speed through the desert and you, you know, know how it's annoying when you go to those really cool places on your really expensive adventures and it's just like really annoying that there are people that live there with different cultures and they expect <laughs> you to be aware that they're humans isn't that annoying isn't that annoying that people live here that they are yeah and, and then they're humans and they have feelings and they have like things that they do and uh, you have to like relate to them why would you want also, to relate to other people it's also so odd the way that it's worded i've never read a real... sentence like that in a book are you kidding not me? even well it's not even that it's just they're using specific that's what i mean yeah they called out cultures so Shiites and Sunnis and Persian folklore and Arabian folklore, those are real life examples. Why did you write it like that? Why are you calling out real world cultures? It's the same thing with that Star to... Adventure or Star Frontiers thing where they're like specifically like, we think black lives matter. Like in case you were curious, if you if you weren't picking yeah, up the subtext it's... of this, we don't like people that don't look like us. You didn't even like have the, and I say courtesy as like being completely sarcastic as if this would make it better, but you didn't even have the wherewithal to like come up with fake cultural names that fit into your world and be like, you don't need to know the difference between this tribe of people or this tribe of people or this culture and this culture. Like you didn't even make up like make up ones that are in your setting you just equated them to real life cultures like that's lazy and it's also just it makes it so much worse because you're you're like you guys were saying you're brushing off real world fucking cultures and tokenizing them and it makes no sense and again i'm wondering like cobalt isn't as big of a publisher as wizards but they're a pretty big publisher now like they, they have won ennies they yeah. won ennies so they won an eddie for this one because like that was just this was a collection of essays like they just and, took a bunch of their old content and put it into one book and and for context this is from the Cobalt Press guide to game design an essay on Bar. which is a guide to designing games that yeah is, they have a bunch of different essays and like this is how you can do this setting and this is this is one that we published back then and like it has some really specific stuff in it and this is just one essay um this is specifically the one people found offensive and there's a couple other like instances of tourism that they've used in there that's pretty offensive yeah um but this is the big one so but you're right like they're not they're not wizards of the coast right like and i understand that that's that comes with well there's less eyes on it but you should know you should give it a once over before you sell yeah. this bigger product and go hey man was that fucked up like you know what i mean you have the advantage of being like a bigger company whether or not you're like as big as paizo or wizards like you still have the advantage of having editors have you can hire on cultural consultants and I just I don't understand how big company I mean I do understand they're just being lazy and they don't think it's important but like as somebody who who appreciates when companies go the extra mile and put out a product that is inclusive and doesn't have anything like this in there and it you can tell that they put a lot of care into it and you can tell that they take all of the, like what they're presenting seriously so that they're inclusive and don't you know offend people it's not that hard to not offend people um just to see yeah. these things slip through is just disheartening and, to the entire industry you know and if we're looking at if you're saying because they do reference it as being an old essay in their apology or some in oh, that's that it's an old essay uh this was written in 2019 it's not that old it's not that old oh burn they also could didn't have to include it 
if they saw this and and like looked at it with the current climate of the discussions that are happening right now and other companies that have been under fire for certain things for a couple of years like they knew like you could just reject this essay and be like you know what either change this or we're not including it in our essay collection I, who That's... gets annoyed by that like that i am still stuck on this who's like ah i hate when people correct me that those are two different sects like nah i i, 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 I hate question. i hate when people are like oh that's incorrect on this entire culture like who who's getting annoyed <laughs> by like who what conversations are you having when people are like well actually maybe... those are different groups of people there and they're like maybe ah, it's i hate the... that Maybe it's just the people who use tabletop games as war games and they just don't care about the world building and backstory, which is a valid way to play tabletop games, but like you should Sure, but we're talking about a real life like... situation there, like is what I mean. Yeah. Like how that's such a specific example yeah. of xenophobia and racism. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that like that's so much like that specifically you're like, I want people who get annoyed when people cover stuff about the middle east i don't like it it's like when people are like oh i hate when marvel gets political and you're like well i mean captain america started by punching nazis so it's always yeah i don't know where political. you've been yeah <laughs> the you know x-men I mean? is literally like <laughs> do you not know what x-men is about like exactly. the running theme of x-men are you okay yeah. and, but it's that exact thing they're like oh i hate when they make it political I'm like well I mean, everything's kind of if we're gonna say that people are different oh, and yeah. you're saying that that's political by showing that we're not all you know white people from america if that's annoying to you maybe just go play yahtzee <laughs> go play sorry no because like they're, the the they're not no, sorry they're not no they're no play it so you learn how to say it oh <laughs> <laughs> We call it dang it because they're more mad. I'm not sorry. <laughs> uh, but that's it for the news. I hope you are uh, appropriately outraged and annoyed by all the things that happened this week because we are. And uh, uh, we want you to feel bad too. That's really the goal of this is just uh, look at this stuff and be mad and sad and make a difference. Um, yeah. And I say we, that's what I want you to do. I don't, I can't speak for Char and Lissa. They're wild cards. They're loose cannons. Their cannons are not tied down properly. I can't, I don't know what they're trying to do. Honestly, so chaos, probably. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. Be the chaos you want to see in the world. exactly and if you want to see more of that chaos you can find it over at campykillcreations.com you can follow all of our podcasts there or on all the different uh podcast apps we're coming on to some new podcast apps because that's what the world needed was more podcast apps so i'm submitting our feeds (laughs) elsewhere uh we got more lore rewrites on the way and you can check out all of them over on our patreon patreon.com slash creations where you can get bonus content early content additional stuff from us over there and talk to us sometimes when we check all of our messages and go oh hey people like us i'm not comfortable with this and we send 15 (laughs) very timid messages saying thank you um you can also get your names listed on the podcast as a producer at certain tiers there's lots of cool stuff over there check that out if you want to find me on the internet you can find me at resident stevel or at ritf underscore pod that's the Twitter for my other podcast, Right in the Fields, where I talk about lots of old nostalgia pop culture stuff like Tamagotchis and Digimon. And I sell comic books, so you can find that over on the website as well. Uh, Shar, where can the people find you on the internet? 
they can find me as the best host of the Slovenly Trolls mm. podcast. And they Flander. can find me on on Twitter where I run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter at Slovenly Trolls. Mic drop. Don't drop your mm-hmm. mic. That's kind of expensive. We can't afford to buy another one. That's true. <laughs> Listen, Metaphorical where can the people mic find you? Uh, I am the Slovenly Trolls podcast. Well, at Slovenly Trolls on Instagram. And I run the Cave Trolls Twitter. Yeah, at, you do. At Cave Trolls Pod. So you may also talk to me. And then, yeah, you can also talk to me there. <laughs> you can watch all of our anxiety spike. You can feel it in the change in the atmosphere when you address us directly. Because we don't want to be observed by the outside world. You know, like like the the weaves are like, notice me, senpai. We do not want to be noticed. Please do not notice me, senpai. Um, whenever I'm Don't acknowledged by the outside world, I sweat. So um, I just want to sink into a pillow somewhere until I put out content. And then I want you to enjoy that content and forget that I'm on it. Uh, so please do that for me while I recover <laughs> from this cold. Because I am a baby and I can't handle having to sneeze. Um, is there anything else we want to add before we let the nice people go? Um, don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be stupid. Don't be stupid, stupid. Don't take unnecessary risks. <laughs> don't take unnecessary journeys. <laughs> That's all I hear. Don't, don't take, take risks, risks on treacherous on roads. Treacherous roads. <laughs> what is happening? She also what is, she's oh, like, what? don't swim in the sea. <laughs> don't swim in the sea. <laughs> It's a meme. Lissa, You've never seen that. Lissa, I'll send you the video. We are the oh cave trolls God. and we're out. Um, Lissa, I will send you that video. Now comes that special time of the podcast where we thank our Patreon producers. This month we have the Trellbot themselves, the Highlander, Chantrell Every. Thank you so much, Chantrell, for everything you do, especially monetarily. You keep the lights on, the mic's going. I just want to say thank you again from the whole network. You are our Patreon producer and the Highlander. There can be only one, Chantrell. Next up for the Patreon producers, we have Jeremy Raymond. Jeremy is a newcomer, and I want to say thank you, Jeremy. It's okay that you're late to the party. It's okay that you're new. You are welcome here, especially because you wrote us a check. So, you know, you know, have at it. You're welcome to our snacks. You're welcome to the fridge. I think I saw a dog running around in the background. You know, you can go pet the dog, take it with you, whatever you want. Because, again, you paid to be here. You are a producer of the show. You keep the lights on. You keep the mics rolling. Um, you probably paid for something else that's around here that I'm unsure of. So I'm just going to say thank you again for the 10,000th time. Thank you, Jeremy Raymond.